previously on AFTN. If, if, I, if I say, if I tell my kid that his teacher is a bonehead or something like that, you think, the te- you think my kid's going to respect the teacher then? If I keep uh, harping on how bad uh, the teacher who is, is this teacher? No, it's nobody in particular. <laughs> the difference is, is your is your your kid is of an age where they are more influenced by you than hopefully uh, an Ms. adult H- is influenced by their their adult coach. Miss Hicks and Miss Casim are great teachers. <laughs> but, Welcome to another episode of the AFTN podcast, broadcasting live from the unceded Musqueam territory at the University of British Columbia. My name is Steve. I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And I'm Chris Corrigan. Uh, joining us live on the phone. We're an hour early today. Obviously, if you're excited about that, you could take your shirts off if you want. Um, <laughs> if you are on a yellow card, I recommend not doing it. Oh, man. <laughs> So definitely uh, join us and, and be part of the conversation. But Vancouver did bounce back from that 6 nothing drubbing last week. They did have a positive result, even though a lot of people still are not positive about the team. 2 nothing win against RSL. Obviously, you, what's your guys' overall thoughts on the game, first of all? Um, Michael wanted us to compare it to what episode of Star Wars this was I. He didn't. I don't think he realized Avengers is the movie that came out this week. Yeah, he's not always up. <laughs> not, on Not in the pop culture. So, so either okay. you know you could compare it to an Avengers movie or a Star Wars movie. What would you compare it to, Chris? You go first. I, I, I you're the guest. Like, I think it was like Inception. Actually, it was just like going from one dream world into another. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, it. You know, it was kind of like the first half was more of the same and the you know last half hour was great but you know the first words out of my mouth after uh, the bug took his shirt off were capsy because uh, <laughs> here we were going to win the game but we were going to lose another player to a red card for taking his shirt off in the goal celebration so um you know overall i, I mean i like the energy that we had i like the I liked what I saw from our from our players in this in the uh, you know towards the end. I mean, we got a good result, um, result against the team we should have got a result against. But I think the movie I would go with would be Inception because it's just like I'm not even sure what world I'm in anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. It's Star Wars. It's, I went with Michael's Star Wars idea. It might feel like well, it can't be Attack of the Clones. Uh, <laughs> maybe Revenge of the. <laughs> 
I don't know. It's, it's hard to. There's only like what seven, eight movies. Yeah. Even more like Rogue One. No, I guess no. That doesn't work well. Or either. maybe it could be Han Solo, the one upcoming, because oh. then nobody knows what that's going to be like, and nobody knows what the White Caps. And the main be like. character in that, the main actor, is a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure if that's a fit yet. But if if you were to grade it on a score from one to ten, what would you put it on? Oh, I think it was at minimum a seven, seven and a half at the very least. I, I in terms of, in terms of result, yeah, p- performance was yeah. There's yeah. still oh result. It's a ten because they won. <laughs> it's a result, right? It's a that, nothing they've had for the last three games. But the yeah, performance wise, I think it was a five or six for me. Oh, that low? No, like because of the they they really won it in the last fifteen minutes. I feel, or even the last thirty. Uh, I felt like if it was a better team that they were playing against, that it would have been a different result. You know, I'm satisfied with the result, but not satisfied in general. So it was a good, yeah, I think, I think I'd say a seven and a half or an eight. And in the last half, there was some like stuff that I loved seeing, like the pressing, the energy, the, the, the havoc creating in the box. I love that when our team does that. I love when our team gets numbers in the box and just creates a havoc for everybody. So, you know, there was, there was lots of stuff that I saw that I want to see a lot more of, not just in sort of bits, bits and bobs. Obviously, the, we, we, the, let's start off with what uh, began the game, the starting lineup. Yeah. Um, lots what, of changes. Yeah, lots of changes. Obviously, he, he promised there would be lots of changes, and there were. Uh, Carl Robinson. What are your guys' thoughts about the changes? Obviously, they were able to keep a clean sheet as opposed to giving up six goals. So that's a positive. Uh, but overall, what what did you guys think of that lineup and how it fit going into the game? When I heard about it, I was like, okay, this feels like a bit of a, a gamble. But um, I was re- honestly the, the thing that stood out for me right away was we were going to get to see Brett Levi's. Yeah, and yeah. and that was ex- super exciting, and I think he performed well. So that that just felt really good. Uh, yeah, but the, both fullbacks were, you know, were not the who you. Th- who many people had pencil in, pencil in yeah. as starting yeah. full as starting fullbacks for the season, anyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I kind of, I, I kind of liked, I kind of liked what happened there because it felt like more like okay, Sean was going to stay home more, and Brett was given a little bit more license to get forward. But then they switched because Sean Franklin he moved up quite a bit too. He was up. Yeah, uh, but that, yeah. that was more later on. Later on, yes, yeah. later on. When, um, for me, it reminded me. Was it against RSL when uh, that first season? I think uh, an assistant coach basically did the lineup, and you got Nizer Kalfin in there, and you got a, and, and they actually came out with a win, the three 0 win at BC Place. Yeah, was it that, that was one? that was well, yeah. Uh, was it Colin Miller who did the lineup? Somebody, I think Colin Miller only did the lineup for the very last game. Of oh, the was year. it or something like that? It was. It was. And, it still, kind of, and still couldn't put Phil Davies in eighteen. But. Yeah, but but it, it it was it was interesting that, that that kind of reminded me of that where it was like they just kind of. Just made changes because they need needed to make changes. Yeah, I I, lo- I loved seeing Ali G with Rusty in the middle of the yeah. park. It feels like Rusty's really earned earned it, and again, I think put in another really quality performance. Uh, and it was great to see Ali G reassert himself in the middle of the park as what feels like hopefully our dominant uh, central midfield destroyer. Mm. I love that pairing. I love that pairing. I think, and I think Rusty has. You know, it feels like to me this is the first time we've got to see him allowed to play the game he wants to play, uh, in the position he wants to be in. And you know, um, you know, when I saw the lineup come out, I thought to myself, when was the last time we started three residency products in an MLS game? I can't recall. Honestly, that, maybe maybe it was definitely a Canadian Championship game. 
Yeah, uh, we did that. MLS, yeah, you know, no. like, I mean, that's exciting to me, actually. And I thought it was great to see Brett. I was so excited to see him. I thought he did really well. Who, you know, who, me, been for, who's the third? You, Brett, Rusty, uh, and, and Davies. Oh, well, oh, Davies, Davies came on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came on. But yeah, he okay. appeared, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he didn't start. That was, that was probably one. That was probably one of the things that at least some people were probably surprised about as well is that Davies wasn't in the starting he wasn't in that starting three in the four two three one that yeah it was, but it was, it was Shea Teixeira and, and but Mutch. it was apparently food poisoning he got yeah, in the apparently yeah. yeah yeah look at the way he plays with food poisoning God yeah. I mean he is like he's having, he's having the, the he's having an incredible year I mean he's just found I I, I still say he's he, he may be the best dribbler I've seen us have in the MLS era. And he's our best two-way player by a long way. I mean, he's just—he's something has just popped into the next level this season. Yeah, well, let's to see him come on. The other person was Jordan Muchka back in the team. Yeah, and we'll we'll discuss him uh, later. Yeah, uh, but uh, obviously, let's talk about the first half. Um, uh, you know, it wasn't. There was that early chance, and first of all, did you guys think that this was a repeat of Reina missing? And totally, then, yeah, Blondell missing. I, I, I was standing next to the hammer, yeah. John Moore, and when they went around, sort of the, the, had that chance missed. I turned him, and this Oops, is sorry. deja vu, and it was just like, what, like what is going on? And right. uh, it, yeah, it, it felt, or maybe Chris, was that Capsy to you, or no? What Blondell's missed? Yeah. No, I, I was actually good defense. Actually, I mean, it was a really if, if that had been against us, I would have been praising my center back for coming back like that. I yeah. saw, I saw I the replay. Yeah, I saw the replay. I feel like the ball kind of slowed down all of a sudden. It almost came to a stop. It like didn't uh, go with where Blondell was going. It kind of like seemed like it, it stopped. It like found a dead spot in the pitch. It's almost like there's like mm-hmm. big huge rides that sit on that. Yeah, pitch sometimes. Seems something, <laughs> something something was there, <laughs> or, or trucks or boats or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something like that. I I have to go back and look at that, but I thought. I, I mean, I it felt to me like he was due. I mean, yeah. that was a great that was a great run, and it just that gave a little bit of confidence. I mean, there was that was one of the highlights of the first half. I'm it, not sure I it was glad who got the touch, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. How how much do you, good defending? How much credit do you guys give RSL for uh, nudging the ball away? On that one, is was it all glad, or do you feel like it was that the you know just something that just screwed up at that point? No, I, th- I, I like I said, I think I give. I, I looked at it again. I was, you know, I was the opposite end when it happened. But I think, I'm looking at it on the highlights. I've only seen the highlights once. Maybe I'll look at them while we're on here. But I think it's, uh, it was. I think it was defending. Like I say, if it had been one of our center backs doing that, I'd be like, yeah, I, my, I agree. Mind. I agree with you, Chris. In the stadium, I thought, oh no, did he just screw this up? But then when I saw the replay, I was like, okay. There, there were some calls for penalty too from a lot of uh, people um, thinking that glad they actually just took him down and not even oh, made contact. No. Well, some people no, did, yeah. You could yeah, tell. That was a good tackle. Well, uh, then later on, the uh, Teixeira blasted over for the Caps. Sky did. And then uh, Corey Baird for RSL hit the bar. And then the re- rebound, rebound to Severino. Yeah, and yeah. he, uh, luckily, Marinovich was there to smother it at that point. But that looked scary <laughs> at that point because that looked similar to that 3 nothing goal. Uh, but a little farther out in Kansas City. Uh, but it was kind of similar angle. And I wonder if people got the book on Marinovich that – they can they can exploit him there where he's not in the right position and they could go for that far post. Well, I don't know that he wasn't in the right position. No, I'm just wondering if people saw the goal last week and they, they've seen it, like him oh. give that up, and they maybe are trying to take shots from a distance because they think that he's maybe plays far out oh. off the line or something like that. It was a good it was a good shot and uh, it didn't go in. So uh, give, give him credit to covering covering as much of the net as he needed to. I mean, he reached for it too, you know, like he wasn't, he, he backed up and took a shot at it. So, 
I think that might be like the keeper and Steve coming out his analysis there. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I know I was I was kind of a little shocked that Severino didn't get more on the on the on the follow up. Yeah. yeah, and felt it felt a little bit fortunate on the Tichera miss. That was that was poor, and and I don't think I'm I don't think Christian's been as bad as some I think some people have given him flack for, but I, I think someone close by to me did say it would be nice to have like a DP attacking player to, yeah. you know, in those kind of positions to finish those off more consistently. Possession obviously was a big key as well. Um, at the at the half it was uh, almost seventy to thirty. Um, I don't think it improved throughout the second half. But Arcel wasn't really able to do much with it. Do you think that it was Vancouver's thing where they just wanted to give it up and just play that, just hold, like, kind of let them make the mistakes because they knew they were uh, not that great of a team and they just wanted them to make a mistake so they could counter on the uh, and take their chances there? You know, one of the one of the things that kind of bugs me about our style in general is how much space we give opposition teams. And when you have a team that is ostensibly as bad as RSL, I don't understand why we're not in their face all the time forcing turnovers. You know, to concede seventy percent possession to a team that was really never going to score, except maybe on a long, really big, long shot like like the ones that they took in the first half. You know, to me, it's it's the pressing and the energy that was needed is it's kind of typical of the way we play. I mean, I know Rubble came in and said the, the last half hour was kind of typical of our team. It's like, I disagree with that. I think it was an anomaly. I think it was what's typical is how much space and time we give teams. And I don't understand why we're not, you know, pressing the hell out of, you know, ostensibly bad teams and forcing the mistakes. Yeah. It seems like they just like they they treat all the teams the same. Like they would treat Atlanta the same as what RSL is. And clearly RSL doesn't have the same talent level that Atlanta does. Zach? I don't, I don't know if they fully, fully just sat back. I think one of the things they ended up ended up in the overall per picture of the game that it felt like RSL played a bit of a higher line, yeah. And the the Caps kind of tried to counter it, uh, counter as they normally do, like be okay with not having the ball and being direct when they do, being very quick in moving forward when they do. And then you ultimately in the second half, and maybe I'm jumping a little ahead here, Steve, but in the second half it was just like, okay, we know we have we know we have a difference maker on the bench. Uh, who can exploit that space with his pace and or with linking up with teammates. And and that's, that's really what turned the game. Mm-hmm. Breck Shea at one point, um, that's the one I was talking about earlier, hits the bar. Yeah. Backspin hits the post. <laughs> Nick, like, kissed the post. Yeah. Nick the post. Immediately, you see him on the on the replay, especially on the TV uh, broadcast, looking up in the sky. Do you think it was going to be that kind of day where nothing was going to go right for the Caps? Well, he didn't make he didn't make great contact, right? No, like, he, he, he bounced it off the ground. Yeah, and, and yeah it was it. it was not a very te- like that, technical, Ali, clinical kind of. Ali Gazal did that later on too. Same thing, yeah. but this time Ramondo had to come up with a pass. Yeah, it was exactly. it was disappointing. <laughs> I'm, do you feel like he should have maybe tried to head it in or something like that? Go into the ground and head it or something? I don't know. I don't know what other no, option. You know, he's got look, he's got great feet. He's a good finisher. Yeah. I have no no I would not uh criticize his shot selection in that moment. I mean he the look on his face is priceless. Like if you look at the highlights again, he's like his jaw is on the floor. And honestly, like have you ever seen a shot like that that's bounced off the crossbar, backspins and then just sort of like wheels off the post and away? Yeah, like, it, it was ridiculous. That was Capsy. Yeah. <laughs> It, but it, see, I agree with you, Chris. He can finish, and I was okay with his choice of try, of how he tried to finish. It was just the actual technique and the actual quality of the finish. Like you, you contrast that, for example, with his goal away to Columbus. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're like, that's well, a, that's a high level of inconsistency, oh, for sure. right? Yeah. Like, he just smashes that one. It felt like he almost wasn't even trying in Columbus. And this one, it was just, it, yeah. it felt didn't feel easier necessarily, but it... You, you know what? You know what? Though props to Franklin for that cross. He, he put it on a dime for him. I mean, it was it was waist height and perfect. I mean, I did think that Shea kind of shanked the cross a little bit, but Franklin's cross was outstanding. Hey, it's Franklin. It's Franklin. Yeah, good Coming show. Over to play. Yeah. Um. Uh. Now we, we got that one going. Uh, <laughs> nice. Into uh, around the, just after the 70th minute, Chera's booked for a challenge on Romando. Will that make a difference in the game? Stay tuned later. Uh, but uh, in the 75th, <laughs> in the 75th minute, Mesquita gets called for a penalty. Okay. Wait. Can we go back? Okay. Can okay we go sure. Back there for one second. Okay. 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 How much contact was there? I haven't looked at all the replays of that play. They didn't show too many replays. No, I, I, uh, funny enough, MLS didn't put anything on there. Uh, <laughs> I, someone told me that there, there was like zero to no contact. He was just in, vis- in the vicinity. But the referee from where he was situated, I think he s- might have uh, just assumed there was contact because yeah. the way Ramondo uh, – Ramondo must be going to Cirque du Soleil because he, he spun around really well on that so one. So regardless of what happened later in the game, yeah. d- I honestly, in one sense, I wouldn't have a problem for a yellow card for that even if there wasn't – Significant contact because it is a bit of a dangerous play. Yeah, it, it, like he's, he's got his foot extended. Yeah, yeah, he's got his foot extended, and you're putting your foot right in that in the, in the alley or the the space where you know his foot's going to come through. Yeah, and so right. it, uh, you know, th- th- there's there's times I've seen calls given where the contact isn't there, but the intent or the the, the level of danger or risk or whatever involved. Yeah, is, I remember once watching uh, watching a game of of. Uh, an English team and uh, a guy uh, was in the Premier League. Sure, yeah, you know my favorite league. Yeah, yeah. and um, <laughs> I can't believe you saw it. It's something uh, yeah. in the Premier League. And a defender slid in front of Steven Gerrard and didn't make contact, but Gerrard kind of went down, and they still gave the penalty because the guy, like, he, although he didn't take him out, yeah, he like he he had, he had made a change the yeah trajectory he, of the shot, yeah, yeah, or the chance, yeah. Now, obviously, like we said, three minutes later, t- Mosquito. I know he probably oversold it. Oh, did he ever? But there was definitely I. There, he was grasping at his waist. The the defender. I yeah. can't remember who the defender was, but um, uh, but he was grasping at the waist, and it definitely it was, fr- it was, from a from a quick glance, it looked like a takedown. It was Matt Beasler's little brother. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, former former uh, former lumberjack. He, uh, yeah, that again in the section, Chris. I don't know how you saw, it, but from the angle we had over in our corner, I was just like, oh no, he's gonna get booked. <laughs> like I thought. He oversold it. And then watching the replays, yeah, I understand no. why the ref gave the penalty. How did it look from yeah. where you were? Yeah, well, I was right on top of it. Yeah, it looked like a penalty to me. We didn't really doubt it. Okay. Yeah. Now, penalty happens. Tichera, after the penalty gets called, um, Tichera is kind of chirping Ramondo. It uh, doesn't really get shown on the video. We, me and Michael saw it from above. He's chirping Ramondo because he's upset about the yellow card earlier that uh, okay. Ramondo did, right? So he gets up to the penalty. He's definitely standing there. Blondell's nearby, but he does take it, finishes it, and then immediately takes off his uh, jerk kit. And, and the, Michael called it right away. There, I think there were, uh, on every broadcast it was called right away. He took off his kit, and, and it, they knew it was done. Here's, here's the thing. I don't – forget about the, being on the yellow card or whatever. Yeah. You should not be celebrating a, a goal – let alone a penalty. Yeah, by taking your shirt off when you're wearing one of those things underneath. Yeah, those, like those you should things. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. You should like that. It, should it be, essentially looks like a bra. Yeah, like a man's sports bra thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, 
You should the telemetric man, bro. Yeah, yeah it, you, you look like I, I can't remember that U.S. women's player. Um, uh, oh, Br- from, Brandy Chastain. Yes, yeah, Chastain. Yeah. You look like. Everything. Well, no, I wouldn't say you look. You just look like you're just like. It's more like what are you wearing? Like, yeah, what's yeah, going on? You yeah. have two things on there. It doesn't yeah. look. Uh, I would just. So I, you're I, saying I, from the fashion sense, from definitely a fashion sense, you should never do that. Yeah. You should know. But it was was it an homage to Eric Astley? Just to share. No, it was like not an the, homage because he was not wearing another kid underneath. No homage at all. <laughs> was, his head was like clearly you could see from from what you guys are talking about about the way he was tripping Ramondo and stuff. He was fired up. Yeah. He was his head was out of the game at that point. And the penalty was beautiful, by the way. Side netting. Yeah. Had him going the wrong way. Uh, and he was just like he was full of, you know, piss and vinegar, and he ran to over to the curva and took the shirt off. And, you know, we all just held our hands and our held our faces in our hands. Chris, is it? I mean, obviously, you can look back and and the, the victory oh. gets secured in the end. Is it easy yeah. to forgive someone for making that kind of error, even though it's seemingly so basic and so small? It didn't cost yeah. them in the end. Should it be e- easily overlooking by, overlooked by well, by cap supporters? Well, first of all, the red card, he it's, he's obviously going to miss the next game. So in, he's in a, Minnesota, a, he's not going to play it's there. It's a road game. He wasn't going to play there anyway. <laughs> so uh, so maybe it is forgivable. Chris, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, can I, can I just say, I, I you know, him being the shortest guy on the pitch, I think at one point, maybe you saw this better, Zach, but like a bunch of players surrounded, <laughs> surrounded him and tried to hide him. Yeah. So yes. the referee wouldn't see that he'd taken his shirt off, but the bra was a giveaway, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that, I agree with you because so. the first player that was chased him basically was trying to almost like pl- be really big. Kendall, was like, it Kendall? No, it, wasn't somebody, it was somebody else, but he tried to like like put his hands up and try to mask that his jersey came off. But the RSL players yeah. all had the, you know, the, had the universal yeah. sign for yellow card. Yeah. yeah, no, it was crazy. No, I mean, I, you know, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to hold it against them, God. What are you going to do? I mean, it's just, it was a brain fart and... And uh, it didn't cost us. If it had cost us, you know, I'd probably feel differently about it. But at the end of the day, I'm glad he got a goal. He needs something from a set piece, and he's, um, you know, yeah. Like, and he gets a, he gets a couple of weeks off. So when you compare it to like I think it was Matias Lava, remember he got that second yellow card for grabbing, grabbing the, the ball, ball with his hand because yeah, he thought he, he'd been fouled. He thought he'd been fouled. Yeah, like that yeah. one. And then we lost that game or whatever, and that felt yeah. like yeah, that was harsher, more yeah. heinous. Or oh. David Davidson Davidson's headbutt. Oh yeah, oh, in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like dumb moves. I mean, some of those are dumb moves. And Hoss, and to be fair, like even Hosley's move was kind of, kind of dumb. But you know, but I thought he could get. Away, I think he thought he could get away with it because he had a second kid underneath. And, and I and I think he had done that in Switzerland. Like he'd gotten away with it before. I think. I'm gonna ask him. I'm gonna ask him. I'll find out. Um. Uh, Okay, so everybody's thinking, oh, they got to, you know, it's going to be squeaky bum time, as uh, Michael likes to say. <laughs> um, but for 15 minutes, because they're down a man. Now, but with Davies coming on, he actually takes over the game at that point with a couple of runs. And then the second time, that, it made a uh, big difference. He was able to cross the ball well, down the thing. Well, down. The first time, Nico whiffs, right? Was yeah, Nico, yeah, Nico, that, I think. Uh, that, that was But the second one, he it was going to uh, cross the six-yard box, and it was going across. I don't think it was heading in the net. No, from, I, we had a great angle of yeah. it. It was not going in the net no. until the no. defender touched it. Then it was going in the net. But it would have been right. own goal at it that point. It would have been own goal. And then, and then Blondell tapped it, it in. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was an own goal at the time. Fonzie, it was a cross. Yeah. And Fonzie said as much when people were like calling him out for, oh, it's too bad you didn't get your goal. He's like, yeah. no. It's like it was a cross. I crossed it to him. He could see Blondell coming down the right side. He, it was a beautiful cross. It yep. was just curved, perfectly weighted. The defender, you know, might have put it in, but Blondell finished it. I don't think there's any 
controversy there at all. And, and you have exactly to what he intended to do. You have to finish those things because you don't know what's going to happen. You can't just go, oh, uh, Davies did such a good play. I'm going to let him have it. Anything can happen. A backspin can happen. It come come back out. Now I saw I saw some. I think I saw some. Com- Perspective shared, negative perspective shared about his celebration as well on on Twitter or whatever. Someone was like, "Oh, it was a tap in goal and blah blah blah," you know. But it was his first. I know. Yeah, it was his first, and it sealed the game. Basically, yeah. No, what I don't understand. No, I think the I think the issue, Zach, was that people were were concerned that he didn't go over and and congratulate Davies. Yeah, Davies um, is fast. He'll catch up to the celebration. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I mean, Davies was doing his own thing. Too. I mean, there was like two, you know, sometimes that happens, right? When yeah. you get across and, and the players go to like, oh, great cross or great goal. I mean, that's just what I've mean. done. If there's any controversy there at all, I'm really happy Blundell got his goal. He I, really looked the part, actually, you know, on, on Friday. And, 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 you know, and Davies was, Davies was amazing. He the, was amazing. And that was a beautiful, that was a world class cross that he made for that goal. The sheer elation on, Tony's yeah. face when he scored. He's just like, yeah, okay, let's get the let's yeah. get the ball rolling for this kid. Like, he, yeah. he's got and goals. He's know, got I, goals in him. He does. And I thought it was an own goal actually, because there were a bunch of us jumping up and down with no shirts on at that point, trying to you know do something dumber <laughs> than what the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and I couldn't see, so I saw the I saw the defender come back and I saw the goal go in. And I actually for a moment I had this little heartbreak that Blondell didn't get it. You know, I felt like he was right there. He, I was sure that goal. So Chris, did, did, did you just swear? Or did you just press the button on your phone? Then? <laughs> um, uh, no, no. <laughs> no, Chris, if you're going to go topless, it's okay if you wear. You guys wear the sports bras underneath. Okay, we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Yeah, for just not for players. Just not for players. <laughs> now, uh, obviously, it, it, there was about I think still about ten minutes left and about six minutes of injury time, which turned into eight minutes or whatever it was. It was six minutes. Yeah, it was something. So where did that come from? I don't know. That was. Uh, I think. It, I know. I know where it came from. Yeah. It was a. Punishment for each goal given up in Kansas City. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but obviously, but Arcel really didn't have anything going, and the only thing that really came up in that last little bit was Davies getting hurt. He was actually stepped on by one of the RSL players. In yeah. it, I don't. I think it was inadvertent, but it's hard to tell. That was scary. Yeah, and then and then he got up and he went to the half line, but then fell down again. And they were just com- complaining. Whitecaps were wanting the ball taken out. Referee no, didn't call okay. anything. No, okay. The, the, you, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, when that happened, and we saw that, we turned. To, we were talking to Hammer again, and it was just like, no. If that was if that was the other way around, if yeah. Vancouver had the ball, oh, and, sure, and the guy got set. It's not a hand injury. Yeah. You play on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then Wasit yeah. got heated with the the coaches, and he eventually ended up with a yellow card. So he's one away from getting suspended. Well, you know, um, you know, I got that right. Yeah, he heard that Joe Deasy in the preview show <laughs> had said that. I think it was Joe Deasy said that my prediction for the game is Kendall will get a yellow card. Oh. Uh. Beautiful. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> he's such a he's such a supporter's favorite, Kendall. He'll he'll go that extra mile. Were you concerned that the team was going to implode at that point, even though with a two nothing win? Because no. it's just been no. crazy the last couple weeks. No. As soon as Tony's goal went in, you, the game was over. Yeah. It felt like they not even this can get thrown away. One yeah. nil. Yeah. One nil in the sending off. You're like, oh no, this is going to be one one, or they're going to lose two one, or whatever. But no, it was. No, I, uh, yeah. I I actually even felt. I felt like we 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 have done well at home with ten men. I, I, I mean, we have it's almost a standard in the south side now that we chant ten men. You couldn't beat ten men. You couldn't beat ten men because it's just like we're often walking off the pitch having got points with ten men on the on the pitch. And uh, I felt like after the first goal, actually, it felt like the way we were playing 
was going to get us the win. The second goal sealed it for me. And and, and the, I was shocked that there were six minutes of added time. I mean, I was like, did I miss a stretcher bearer event? <laughs> uh, a, you know, like, I don't know what happened, but, but I thought we I, were I, good for the win. I agree with you about the history of there have been some good results down a man. But... Uh, for me, this, the form, the current form, and the current psyche, I thought no, like yeah. I thought this, the, the things could crumble here. Huh? I won nil. I won nil down. I won nil down. remember the optimist. That's right. Now, <laughs> last thing before we go to break, um, uh, it's apparently a new section that Michael wants to start. It was requested uh, by by public to him. Um, it's called the fine lines moment of the match. Um, what do you guys think it was? Um, there's a couple of, uh, suggestions, maybe Blundell's mails early on Shay's shot off two posts. Uh, you call it caps being like capsy. Um, yeah. but was, was there anything there that you felt like was that fit that kind of moniker? I'm not sure what that means. I don't though. like the moniker. <laughs> I, I don't even think it should be. It, it really doesn't count when you win two nothing. I think it's just like you, you don't want to do a man of the match well, when you lose. I'll tell you though. I mean, I, I, I don't mind the moniker. I think I think if there was a fine line that we could have ended up on the, you know, I, I mean, in a way, it's like what would have happened in that game that in the press conference afterwards it would have been well, fine lines. Oh. So for me, it's that first, it's that first that that shot that went off the crossbar. Um, if that had gone in, I feel like it would have been a disaster. Partly because I'm, I think it would have affected the team negatively, but I think it would have completely deflated. The, the crowd. I think it would have just been like, yeah, here we go, you know, getting beat by a crap team at home, you know. So I think if there was a fine line that we ended up on, the, we ended up on the right side of the fine line this time, but I think it was that, it was that shot. You're talking about the Corey, Baird, the Corey Baird shot. Yeah. Right? Okay. Chris, yeah, yeah. Chris, why do you like the moniker? Why do I just, I, because I just think it's, 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 uh, we just hear it so many times. So let's call it, let's call it out. Let's see where the fine lines are. I, I'm, I mean, it goes, maybe we're going to talk about this, but I think it just goes to the overuse of the term and, um, and the kind of ubiquitous use of the term to explain why we didn't win a game. Uh, I don't think it's always fine lines that we didn't win a game with. And I think that term's been overused. And I think it's kind of like calling it out is, you know, is, is fine. And, and, you know, the truth is that in football, there are fine lines. You know, it is, it is sometimes a game like that. I mean, when you're six nil, I'm not sure. That's not definitely no fine lines in there. But we will talk about more about that, like you said, after the break. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Obviously, the Whitecaps broke their uh, three-game losing streak as well with that 2-0 win. Um, Let's discuss it more. But before we continue discussing, I'm going to play some coaches' audio from Robbo and Mike Pecky. So here it is. For about seventy plus minutes, Mike, what do you take out of this one? Hey, it's a cruel game. You know, it's a cruel sport sometimes. Um, you know, Carl and the, and, and the Whitecaps have been going through some rough times over the last few games. I've certainly been there with not only RSL in my career; they were bound to come out at some time. Um, and we, of course, didn't want it to be against us, but that, that's the way it works sometimes. But I'm very, very happy and proud with the way my team played for three quarters of the game. Uh, but at the end of the day, we didn't put the ball in it, and they did. How about those young kids in the back end again? Yeah, I mean, you know, not, not only them 
defensively playing well, but just the calmness in the ball they had tonight was something that I know they all had it in them, but we haven't really seen just for bits and pieces throughout the season. Uh, and to come up to a difficult place like this where we maybe had, what do we have, one result here yeah. ever? Um, and to play like that, I, there's something positive to take out of this loss for us. Was fatigue a factor in the second half? No. Um, no, I mean, they, they were just as tired as us, you know? Uh, definitely no excuse there. I think we just need to be a bit more selfish when we get into the final third tonight, uh, a bit more clinical on our, on our, on our shooting and our placement. Uh, overall, though, besides that, they did well. With, with the team, the way it was set up and everything like that, usually you come in, into a, a visiting side, comes in, and they got to hold on and, yeah. and defend. It Was it difficult to be the team that has to be the aggressive one? And have no, it was, it, was, uh, it was fun. It was a pleasant, uh, a pleasant surprise for us. You know, we talked about specifically the first 15, 20 minutes of this game, and we might have to be back because they're coming off of the three losses and, and things haven't been going well. They're going to be fired up and pumped up, and it felt like we grabbed control right away. Um, but listen, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from the Vancouver team because I've been there before, you know. They're a quality team, and they're just through rough times right now. So we kind of look to take advantage of that, and then they just they, they, they just they got behind us two times, and, and they, they made us punish. Things got heated at the end there, obviously, and you're not going to tell us what was said and everything on the field, but is it just frustration on both sides, just trying to get a result? And Yeah, I mean, listen... Uh, I mean, they were, they were upset we didn't kick the ball out of bounds, but, I mean, Davies got up and he ran back to midfield and then went down again. So if he was that hurt, I don't think he would have got up and ran back to midfield. Uh, we're losing 2 nothing, and, and we're going we're gonna to try to push it. Obviously, the ref's at discretion. He can stop the game anytime he wants. Uh, so, uh, of course, they took exception of that. Maybe I don't blame him, to be honest with you. Maybe it would have been the same way. Uh, but, hey, it's, it's part of the game. Excellent. All right. Well, prior to the first goal, the bounces weren't going our way. We were hitting posts and missing chances going around goalkeepers, but we kept at it. A lot of character shown today by the group, uh, which was important. I know we've got uh, a good group in there. What we lack for in quality, sometimes we make up for in spirit, and I thought the last half an hour showed what we're about. I thought he was excellent from you know the first few minutes when you know I wish he would have got a goal then because I think you'll see a very confident young player um, but it was pleasing that he got his goal later on the reward for the hard work that he put in thank you that you know during the game and if you put the work in you get the rewards out I keep saying that to you and uh, he deservedly got his goal today with the trust of the closing soon do you have any plans of maybe leaving anyone on or there's lots of conversations that go on Michael um, a lot of it is fluff you know, they're trying to find out what you're interested in doing or not doing without actually any substance to it. So, um, obviously, if you're a free transfer, we can still sign players after the deadline. But I'm sure after the weekend's results, people will concentrate on the games like we did tonight, uh, and then we'll talk. But, um, you know, we're always in talks with players. The game could have gone badly after Jacaro. Yeah. 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 Do I bang my head? No. No, I don't bang my head. I, uh, you know, I was disappointed he got sent off. I knew it. Sometimes emotions get the better of it. And I spoke to the group this week about it. We need to keep 11 men on the field. And, and we didn't. We kept 10. I don't actually think he's... The first yellow is not a yellow card, I believe, because I was told that he didn't touch the keeper. So that's a disappointing thing with the yellow card system. But he, he should keep his shirt on. But adrenaline sometimes in front of the, the passionate supporters takes... Over you. So, 
it is what it is. First 60 minutes, Carl, uh, did you, not a lot of people in the stadium probably thought it was going to end up the way it did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so you were happy with the first 60 minutes? I was happy that we won the game. And I think you're always looking at trying to, it doesn't matter when you score a goal, you've got to win the game of football. Uh, we won the game of football today, and it was great character shown by the group of players. Of these you guys have taken uh, over this past week, yeah. what kind of statement does this game say no, no statement. No, you know, we wanted to go out and win a game of football. Uh, I prepared my players for it, like I did last week and like I will next week. And we can only concentrate on what we can control. We can control performances. We can control hard work. Um, you know, if you get a little bit of luck along the way, which we did, and then obviously get three points on the board. So we'll enjoy the weekend. So that was the gaffer, Carl Robinson and Mike Pecky of RSL talking about the game. Uh, anything interesting co- come out of those comments for either of you guys? I think the comment about, uh, I think it maybe a little overplayed, but the comment about what we lack sometimes in quality, we make up for in spirit. Um, I, you know, it's, it's funny, like at this time, it's kind of like everybody's reading into stuff that he's saying. And, um, it's that damn, uh, that article, ESPN article. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. like got everybody in a tight end. Uh, not now, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it sounded awkward. It sounded like an awkward press conference. I mean, you were there. What did you think? Oh no, I was with Mike Pecky. He was in a good oh, mood, even was- though we lost to nothing. See, Chris, I think that comment and the stuff in the ESPN is similar to some other things he said in the past. And I think it's his way of saying, look, yeah. we own, we have limited, We've been give, given limited resources to use on the squad, and we do the best that we can with them. And on paper, again, our, this might not fully apply to RSL, but on paper, often they're going to be the they're going to be the underdog on paper. Yeah. And so it's his mm-hmm. job to galvanize his players as best he can. And mm-hmm. so I think we talked about this last week, Steve. You know, the, if they're the you know it's them against the world. It's a siege mentality, right? Everyone's against us. Let's go out and prove them wrong. And so. Right. It's not uncommon in football, even at a higher level. Yeah, right. And and yeah, so you so you're basically saying not it's not fine lines. He's going going between the lines on this one. Oh man. <laughs> Let's uh, earlier in the week um, there was a, a a video put out by the province um, YouTube. Uh, I, I think you both you guys saw it. Paul Chapman, he was talking about how the honeymoon's kind of over. That's basically the gist of it. That uh, they need to actually show something now. Um, you can't just rely on atmosphere and stuff like that. It has to be. Uh, things on the pitch. What do you, what did you guys thought, think of the thoughts of that? Well, first, for me, I wish I had a four-year honeymoon. Who, <laughs> the honeymoon <laughs> was over a long, long time ago. There's no honeymoon. I think from the mainstream media, it has been going. No, that's because they just don't pay attention. That's probably what it like, is. Yeah. And then I'm not. That's not a. That's not a knock against Paul Chapman because yeah. he's a football person. He appreciates the game. He watches it. He follows it. I have. Uh, I have some, quite a bit of respect for him, but. Um, I just didn't like the the the, the, the metaphor he went for, but in terms of uh, I think what he said, mm-hmm. I think it's I, 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 I don't think it's rocket science. <laughs> I think for those you know, and Chris, you might be similar. For those closer to the closer you are to things, the the more you know about the, the problems that there are, and you know more you know about well, not problems. The more you know about how things operate, and and right. maybe more how, so how you feel how they could be different. 
It's the reality is what you're saying is like the more, I mean, and, and, and not everything's transparent. So not everybody gets to know everything. I mean, there's just lots that goes around on all that. Um, you know, I think it's interesting to me and it's interesting the way you said it, Zach, it's like, he's, he is always often alluding, or at least we read it this way. He's often alluding to the fact that he does the best with his re- the resources available to him. I think what's happening now is that I'm not sure that everybody believes that we're doing the best with the resources we've got. And I think that's the, you know, I, I, I think the owners and, and, and the FO, uh, you know, bear a lot of responsibility for the choices that are made and how we put together the squad for sure, you know, and if efficiency is one of their management goals, then, you know, they're clearly choosing a business model that puts the team together on, on a, a, a medium budget and tries to overperform what I think is happening. And I said this before, I said this on CBC, actually, when they interviewed me before the second leg of the playoff game in Seattle, I said, you know, it almost doesn't matter what the result is tonight, but it matters how we get it. And I think that's to me where I kind of, where Robbo kind of lost me because I mean, after the first leg, it was, it was dire and it was, uh, uh, but I could understand it tactically after the second leg. And you look at the totality of that, of that two leg series. And then what, what we've, we've come back with is slightly different. Remade the squad like substantially, but it's sort of like this regress to the mean. It's like our style hasn't changed. And so I think it's like the statement, we're doing the best with what we've got, I think is a two-pronged statement. And I thought that for a long time, and now I don't think we're doing our best. Besides that one, then really the big thing that happened this week uh, off the pitch was on Friday when there was a release statement from the Southsiders about um, the meh, the, the the way they uh, classified it, the me- uh, b- way of building the team and and putting the people on the pitch and the right players and all that stuff, and they wanted uh, some more uh, like people to take more responsibility for their actions, uh, and they really uh, in, uh, in the interview um, on uh, uh, on the radio they they mentioned that it was really uh, they were they were supporting the players and the people on the pitch it was really uh, really directed at the organization that they need mm-hmm. to do better and 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 obviously they you know they 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 did the the march a little bit later um mm-hmm. they they had the hung the fine lines banner i don't know if that was to robo or that was to the organization but they hung mm-hmm. that so wh- what are your guys' thoughts obviously you guys both in the supporters kind of uh, community and everything like that. What are your guys' thoughts on the, what happened on Friday? Well, first, I want to go back to what, what Chris said in terms of in terms of uh, perspective on, on things, in terms of doing the best of what they, what they have. I think, one, about the playoffs, Chris, I think that I think that Carl himself did say after, like, okay, I, I might have, I'm, I, I could have approached things differently and, I'm, and I probably would in the future uh, in a playoff game. So we, we, we the, you know, they haven't got to a playoff game to to see if that would actually play out that way. In terms of in terms of uh, their approach, their approach is we have to win, and so I don't think they care too much about the style of play. And to me, that that does conflict with the history of the Vancouver Whitecaps because I think mm-hmm. I think Bob Leonarduzzi has often prided himself on the fact that he has said we play attacking, attractive football. Maybe not in those specific words, but in similar in similar no, expressions, true. and he hasn't been able to say that for a long time. Uh, and so, I, I to me, it's a it's it's like a if you want to go to the root of the problem, like so. It's to me the coach is in, is an easier target, right? And so, yeah. 
and it is probably harder to get more people worked up to understand or to fully understand that this whole squad makeup thing and the lack of the lack of investment in DPs in the way that they're allowed to, like not fully using what they're allowed to. And mm-hmm. to, but to me, that needs to be the, the 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 focal point. That needs to be where the the where things are are pushed at or pointed to. Because if you if you just if you if you just do spend all your energy on on focusing on the coach or whatever that the a new coach is going to take a long time to change the squad and change things and it's going to they're not it's highly unlikely they would bring in someone who's going to be given more control uh, than what we currently have and it'll be more of the same and you know you know Brett Bird in, in the past on Twitter has said you know we've been in MLS for for x number of years Players have changed. Coaches have changed. The thing that hasn't changed is mm-hmm. is those who are making those the football committee. Those who are making those deci- yeah. the, the, those yeah. decisions. And so, I, I, I for me, Chris, it's like I don't even want to have the. the I, I don't even. I, I want to go to the source. I, I, yeah. You know, the, the, let's, let's go upstream and deal with the, the issues that are upstream mm-hmm. instead of dealing with the issues that are further downstream. Even though you're right, they they might change things. Yeah. Um, so that, that's I a big mean, thing I for me, and that and that yeah. that goes into the this whole the whole the statement from the South Side, and I respect for them for longing for better. I know they've been criticized that they didn't specifically say what that looks like in in, in some ways. You know, they weren't um, they didn't give a picture of what that looks like. I know some people have you know expressed concern about that or whatever, and that's fine yeah. too. But um, for me, the thing that the only part of things that I didn't really like is the fine lines thing. Because whether they whether they intend it uh, as uh, for Carl or for or for the the UFO or whatever, it is kind of a personal shot at Carl. And I haven't I haven't asked him about it. I don't I don't know what his feelings are on it. All I know the all I know is the two things. Well, one thing that's really significant is I haven't seen and maybe he has done this before. I haven't seen him leave the pitch at BC Place the way he left the pitch yeah. at BC Place on. On yeah, uh, Saturday? Well, I didn't. I didn't see him. I was already on my way downstairs. Well, he, so no, I think he, he, he sprinted off the oh, field. Yeah. yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on that? And he usually just walks yeah. off the field. So may, I might be reading too much into yeah. something, but I don't. I don't. I don't think. And and, and I, I almost thought he might come out and say something like, "I thought he might poke fun at it or, oh, okay. or or make a strong statement about it." And he didn't. So maybe. Maybe the fact that he didn't is reading too much into it that he didn't like it or whatever. But yeah. I, 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 you know, Chris, this is all about relationships. And yeah. the one thing I worry about is has that done any damage to that relationships? One and again, one other small sign of this is the the players, uh, in conjunction with the supporters and some of the people in the front office, have worked to do a post match celebration. It didn't really, ha- it didn't really happen this this game. Yeah. Well, it sort of did. I mean, it did a little bit. I mean, I, I would, I would say, uh, yeah, Bravo Bolt. Somebody on Twitter said that maybe he had the same tacos that Davies had, and he just, <laughs> just needed to go. That could be. Um, that could be true. It could, could be that. Could be that as well. I, I, you know, I don't. There's almost nothing I disagree with you there, Zach. Except what I will say is there is a huge, there is a huge, there is a grow. Yeah, I would say it's large. There's a growing. Um, there's a growing concern that um, what Carl Robinson is bringing to the club is not style that people want to watch anymore. And it's, uh, you know, after a 6-0 shellacking, three games in a row, 
we're you know we were looking at the points per game we you know we got this little we got this little surge so we're back to fourth in terms of points per game but we were we were in eighth points per game after the Kansas City match it's like time to say something and I do think it captures there is a sentiment a large group it's not just the supporters not just outsiders but there's a large group of people that are wanting to see some change I agree with you that the change needs to happen in terms of the overall approach and I think the I think the specifics that needs to be made to the ownership is they need a solid case about why they need to change the approach. They need to, we, people need to point at teams like Atlanta. They need to point at teams like, like Dallas and, and, and other teams. Even locally, um, and, Seattle and, and Portland. Kansas City. Well, the point at Kansas City, for example. I mean, Kansas City um, with Vermees, they, they, uh, they probably <clears throat> make the best use of uh, the uh, kind of efficient ownership approach that we're looking for. But in terms of you know, the, 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 the setup that we play, one of the things Kansas City does, they go recruit players from teams that play their setup, yep. for one thing. So they're out there to like integrate really fast, and you can move the pieces around. And I think that's a really smart move on Vermees' part. But Vermees has a lot more control, yes. I think, in terms of squad collection. So I think what you need to do, what we need to do eventually, is we need to make a solid case to the owners who love metrics and who love to be able to, you know, they need a statistical case to say, you know, We'll change our minds when you show us that we need to. What I fear is that teams are passing us by really fast. The MLS is evolving in such a rapid form, and we are wedded to a model that served us well five years ago and needs a shake-up now, and we don't see anything coming from that. And that's true of the owners. It's true of the front office. And to be fair, it's true of Robbo as well. So it is about relationship, but I would, I would love Carl Robinson to grab a mic at the end of a game sometime and say, this is what we're doing differently, or you know, to speak to supporters. Uh, you know, he speaks to the media, but he doesn't. You know, and he speaks to the media and infers stuff that he's struggles that he's having with the ownership. But he never. He he. I don't feel like there's a relationship there anymore. Um, and so, you know, I think it was a tough call from the outsiders to make that to make that uh, to do that to put that letter out and make that protest last week because. You know, for us, I mean, for all of us, the players are what matter, right? The players are really there. And the coaching staff has had our backing for a long time. I mean, it's, they're, they are indistinguishable in some ways. You know, the players would run through a wall for Carl Robinson. You know, that's the kind of dressing room he runs. And so it's really difficult to make a statement where you're calling on the manager to be, to be better, to be different, or to be a different person, and to call on the ownership to be different as well. Um, it's hard to call on the ownership to be different because they're so aloof and it's really abstract to make a case like that. And it is hard to call on the, on the, on the coach because the, you know, the relational stuff is just tighter. So, but, you know, to say nothing to say, you know, that's part of what was in that message that the Southsiders said is like to say nothing at this time would be also irresponsible. It's like time to say something. Hmm. So. Yeah. No, of, yeah, I, I, I totally respect that. I totally respect that they long for they long for change and they long for better. I just I would I would have left it to the I would have I would have left the coaching people out of it personally. But that's that you know that's that, yeah that's that, a different perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But we will uh, enough of off the pitch. We will come back uh, after the break and we'll talk a little bit more about individual players and what we thought about them. And we we'll back after this. Hi, I'm Jordan Much, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR FM Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. Now, episode 263, baby. Oh, yeah, episode two. I forgot to mention that at the <laughs> beginning, but I'm sure anybody who's listening to the podcast can see it in the title. 
And maybe um, Michael can splice it in somewhere where he's, we say two six. Michael never edits these, does he? No, he doesn't. He just throws <laughs> them up right away. Which um, we're really concerned about that opening guy uh, said uh, there. But um, no, actually, he does heavy heavy yeah. edit. <laughs> um, but let's get back to the players. Uh, first of all, the guy who made his debut, Brett Levi's, um, played sixty minutes. He cramped up. Obviously, it was the first game in a long time. He had that horrific injury. I think it was a couple years ago, even 2016 or 20, yeah, 2016. 588 days. Yeah. So what do you, he, he had some interesting stats. He had the most passes in the final third completed. Uh, um, it was tweeted out today. What are you guys' thoughts on him and how we went? Obviously, you know, could only go 60 minutes, like he said, because he cramped up. He wasn't used to playing that much. <laughs> he said, he said uh, I think he tweeted out that he had a, a nervous cramp. He was so peaky going into that game, you know? I mean, I think he was excited when he got the call and he was nervous, and I think he did great. And I was really excited to see him out there. He's a he's a really dynamic young left back. He's he's. Uh, I think he showed us what he's capable of. We know what he's capable of. He bombs forward. Um, he's, he's responsible. I think he played, I think he, you know, I think he played well in going forward and coming back. And uh, I was just really excited to see him out there. And I'm, I'm really happy for him that he's back in the fold and he got an MLS start. Yeah, I talked to him and Marcel after the game. Marcel was just like, I was just like, hey, is everything okay? And he's just like, yeah, I'm just getting rested, getting a rest for a game. So good good for him to get to get a rest, and, and we got a result. And Brett, yeah, it was just – it's so exciting to see a player who you've seen at so many different places uh, kind of develop and grow. He's Canadian. He's from the he's from the prairie, so from somewhere, you know, different. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and he – he added something. I mean, he's. A, I mean, those who don't know, he's a converted like winger. He was a winger back right. in the day. He was an attacking player when he when he was kind of coming through, and they converted him here in Vancouver to a to a left fullback. And you know, see if you talk about that stat about most completed passes or whatever in the final third, you could see him as he got forward, just his excitement to be involved going forward and, yeah. to, and, to, and to get and to get into things. I would have would have loved to have seen him with Davies together. Oh yeah, um, but anybody also seemed very defensively responsible as well. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, Chris, he was up for it. He was totally up for it. Uh, and then, yeah, unfortunately it could only go an hour, but it was great. For, we got to do the humble with him after the game. So that was uh, very, very great. enjoyable. Do you do that with all the players on their debut? No, no. Usually we wouldn't do on a debut, actually. Yeah, they got to earn it. No, 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 no. Not they got to earn it because he's earned it. To, to us, he's earned it. Like he's the way he's come yeah. through and fought back and all that. But usually we would wait a game or two, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you never know when you get a get a like a player who just shows up, doesn't like it, right off the plane, and then wants to leave right away. <laughs> Mustafa Jarju, you know, well, talking about, about him? <laughs> um, um, obviously, uh, you talked about you talked to Marcel. Do you, uh, Chris, do you think this is uh, something Marcel needs to be concerned about, or do you think it was just a one-off start? And yeah, dude, I hope so. I hope Marcel's not complacent in his position. He's nice to have a nice to have dogs nipping at your heels. I think, you know, I mean, the squad rotates. That's what's been happening this year. Um, you know, I can't wait to see Davey Norman get his start. Yes. But, um, yes. you know, the squad, the squad rotates. And, uh, and I think that's good. It's a long season, and we're going to need these guys. Um, and um, whatever inspired Robbo to call it, you know, I'll give him credit for putting Brett in. He's, like I said, he seemed ready. I, and I think Marcel should worry. I mean, I know Robbo wanted to have competition at every position. I think that's healthy. And um, I think, uh, you know, Levi's is really going to, he's going to push Marcel. So good. It's good for Canada too, to have those two guys competing. Oh, for sure. Oh, obviously uh, another player who kind of impressed and had to leave early because of an injury, Jordan Much. 
Um, oh, yeah. A lot of people oh. don't think he's a number 10, but he did have – he set up the Blundell early chance yeah. uh, with a nice, really quick pass into his, mm-hmm. uh, into his feet. What, what did you guys think of his play? Well, Chris, I want to ask you, would you call him a number 10? No, yeah, I'd call him a – I think if we were playing a 4-4-2, he'd be that forward-going pivot in the, in the middle. So like, so like the eight, like an eight, like an attacking yeah, like eight. An eight. Yeah, like an attacking eight. I think in a four-two-three-one, we need a DP number ten, but we don't have a Christian oh. Eriksen, right? So we, so in the in the absence, there he was stuck in that or playing in that position. I think he's good. He's a good. He's but I think he's a good box kind of box to box attack. Yeah, attacking eight. So that's where I would put him usually. I I concur with you on that, Chris. I I think he he can provide something, but it's. It's not at the the level or the consistency or the total creativity that you would want, but mm-hmm. and considering who's there and considering you know who was suspended and all like I thought, I thought that was a good choice and I thought I thought he performed well. And, yeah, and it was, well, if he's miscast, he definitely did well in being miscast. I, I don't think he was totally miscast. Not, yeah, no, he's not miscast. He's got yeah. the attributes, but not the all the attributes of a number. 10. I just feel bad. He's I, a, you know. Yeah, my heart is broken for him, yeah. and I don't think he's—I don't think that was an easy injury. I think he might be gone for a while. I—I I, I do like him establishing himself in the squad and and being kind of our one of our regular central midfielders. And it seems bad. I don't know if you guys have heard any news or not. I haven't heard anything. Um, another player who uh, everybody uh, was hoping would be a number ten, or obviously probably not number ten, but another attacking number eight who's going to be miscast as a number ten, Felipe. He had some strong uh, talk at the beginning of the week. And and they actually they they published it and everything. Um, what did you guys think of that? And, and the fact that he didn't play, I don't I didn't hear of any injury. But they Robo did in the post game say he only practiced once this week. Um, so do you think it was some kind of punishment that he was sent home from training for a week? Or a lot of a lot of people had uh, theories that something else was going on with this. I haven't I haven't heard anything, but I'd be surprised if it was that. Well, maybe I shouldn't be surprised yeah. if it was that, but um. <laughs> because this, 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 the way he like it, it could it could have either been Robbo who didn't like what he said and sent him home. I'm not saying it was. It could have been the players who didn't like what he said because apparently there was some hard tackles after in the training session yeah. as well, and the players didn't like it. So the whoever is the leadership committee didn't want him there for the week, or they want him sent uh, home. Was it the? I think you're just reading too much into it. Was, was it the I, FO? I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. A lot of like, people. I don't know. Were, yeah, it could be a lot of that. It could be all, and maybe it was him. Maybe he was just like, I don't know, I'm going to take the week off. I have no idea. It's, but it's, I think he was that, on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the bench. He, uh, it, you know, if, it would not have been the FO because they, they're they the ones who put his comments out on social media. And, yeah. And they can they control that pretty strongly. So that, that w- they would have. If yeah. the, if they, they didn't okay that, then someone else would be in trouble if they didn't like what he said. Yeah. I, I guarantee you he'll be back in the next match. Yeah, I, w- I would be surprised if he doesn't play in, in this next away match. Especially with match away. Obviously, Anthony Blondell scored the second goal. What are you guys' thoughts? Quick thoughts on him and how he played. I thought he did decently. I think uh, that f- He could have easily got two goals out of that game. He, he uh, yeah, he's you know I think Robbo's even talked about him as being this raw kind of kind of talent, and you can mm. see that. The cool thing for me is that he. Uh, he's like a multifaceted striker. Like he, he I, I think he's going to score lots of goals. He, he can play hold up. I think he can drift out wide. We've well, seen this in some of his videos from Venezuela. But he can drift out wide. He can make a pass. We saw he sent in Reina in, in, in Kansas City. Like I, I think there's a lot there, and I think he just needs to get on a, get on a roll. 
and he's obviously got like the clock's ticking, right? Like May 11th, they're kind of mm-hmm. hoping Kai Kamara will be back. So mm-hmm. he's got to get on a roll. And then, and then wouldn't it be amazing if somehow he got on a roll and we played with two strikers? Oh, what? four, four, no two. No way. What? What? <laughs> it reminds, yeah, r- reminds me of Nick Hornby's uh, fever pitch when he talks about watching Brazil at the World Cup as a kid. And he's just like, he's just like, <laughs> I, I didn't know you could score directly from a free kick. It's kind of like you know. I didn't know you could play with two strikers. Right, I know. No, we, I, we've had a chat. We've had a chat for a while in the South Side that goes. We all want a team that plays a four four two. I think uh, I think Blundell. You know, my fear was that he was a Rivero. I, I was fearing that. I mean, he hadn't get a lot of starts. He was always starting. He was playing in games that he didn't get any starts. He was playing in games with red cards all over the place. <laughs> we had most of our games. Yeah, we've been playing shorthanded. So I think uh, uh, I I. I really like what I saw from him. Uh, I want to see more. I was also concerned he was turning into like a Maddox yesterday because he was called offside a lot. That's there was a fine. lot yeah, of somebody, offside somebody, calls. Somebody complained to me. You know, I, somebody was saying, like, he was called offside eight times. I'm like, yes, awesome. Get stuck in, man. Push the line. I don't want to have like our team never called offside, you know? <laughs> no, but the, but the thing is, I think it was more timing. I think he, because he hadn't played so much with no these problem. players. And I think that that will yeah. correct itself. I don't think Absolutely. it was a Maddox situation where Maddox was just no. drifting away offside. The, I, I, yeah. There was only one to me that kind of stood out. It was when he was out wide right and look, he could look across the whole line. Yeah. And, he sh- and it was yeah. a nice pass play and he should have been able to stay on side for that. I don't personally, yeah. I don't want a fleet of. Felipe Inzaghi on my team, like a guy who's born offside. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with what you're saying, Chris. In terms of you want someone kind of pushing the, the boundaries of that. Well, we've had our say on the players. Let's see how, see what you guys had to say in our rankings. Uh, Chris, you know that we don't turn off the mics for that, right? <laughs> I know. I'm singing along. Okay, he's singing along. I figured that was the case. Uh, Zach was saying, oh, do you want to turn this to letting off? Um, I don't know. Well, somebody has to because usually I, it's Michael singing I just along. Feel, I just feel bad because I'm not dancing like Michael. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of we're one hour ahead. Maybe it's the, you know, this fallback time or whatever yeah. that we have. At this Where week. is Michael again? Is he on the coast? He's he? Oregon or somewhere. Yeah, he's in Oregon. Okay. He's, yeah. he's embedding himself in there. Um, okay, so uh, we'll start off with the bottom three, and it was—I think it was a little tougher this week because I, I think nobody played horribly. Uh, but uh, the bottom three—it is funny—the the the guy who scored the game-winning goal is at the bottom, Christian Tichera. Um, I think it was because of his decision that people just thought it was such a bonehead that he so, deserved the bottom. So, spot. Chris, maybe people aren't as willing to forgive him as maybe we we were. Well, earlier. I mean, listen, to be fair, who scored? Who scored? Put him at five point two. As well. No, that's his height, Chris. That's yeah. his height. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the other two bottom guys were in the bottom three. Other than subs was uh, Jose Aha and Kendall Waston. And again, I don't think they did anything horribly, but I think no. it was just it, they weren't pressured that much, so there wasn't really much to do. Actually, I think five foot two might be a bit generous on the height. <laughs> <laughs> Top five uh, from five to one. We will do uh, number five is Brett Levi's. Gets in the top five. Russell Tybert, number four. Ali Gazal, number three. Number two and number one, very close, just back and forth. I, check, I was checking over it. They were going back and forth. Alfonso Davies, number two. Anthony Blundell, number one. Yeah, that'd be good. That's, that's... 
And, and I know people are wondering, like, uh, do, can we just do a top five or anything like that? Uh, I was going to ask you about that. But if you do a top five yeah. and a top three, bottom three, and then you just got to fix the middle. It's not big well, deal. what about, so, I know, I, uh, yeah, I saw some people say, and the thing is when And the thing is when people do, uh, like, late subs, um, uh, for example, the Kendall Waston red card and the um, Marcel Young injury, yeah. I actually take that out. Yeah, yeah. So I don't count it against. So late subs, even though somebody's late sub, they don't, they're, they won't be counted against them. Um, so would would you are you so we didn't talk about this beforehand yeah. so my apologies but would you be open to trying something different in terms of like I know some one person said hey do you, could we just do rate them out of five or rate them out of ten oh no but we do that people do that all the time okay you just want something yeah to be different. I, w- I want to be something different okay. instead of rating out of ten um, everybody get used to it okay so uh, some other questions we had how many players get a passing grade this week the mm-hmm. runaway. Uh, not runaway winner, but the uh, number one was uh, with uh, 58% was uh, 5 to 8. So f- the people felt 5 to 8 what? got a passing gate. Uh, 9 to 11, I guess she got 27%. So uh, over, eight, well, I'm doing quick math in my head. It's not good. Um, 85, that 85% people feel that 11 people got a, 9 to 11 people got a passing grade minimum. Oh, okay. That's- um, and then uh, uh, the other ones was 10% for 0 to 4 and 3% for 12 to 14. For- for you, Chris, it would have been nine to eleven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? Where does the coaching staff rank this week? Number one was ten to fourteen with thirty-eight percent. Five to eight was thirty percent. One to four uh, in the sixteen percent range, and the bottom of the barrel was fifteen percent. Okay. So we can tell that fifteen percent really don't like the coaching staff, no matter what that right. is. So can we talk about that for one second? Because we didn't talk about so as much. Chris, we we're talking about style. Maybe style doesn't. Style hasn't the style or hasn't fully changed, right? We can agree this game was similar to other games this year, right? Yep, yep. But the things that Carl Robinson did as a coach in this game, I think, played a significant role, right? Yep. Like you can talk about okay, there's things that shaped the starting eleven. There's suspensions, there's injuries, uh, there's food poisoning, whatever. But ultimately, yep. some of the changes he made were significant. He brought on Nico Mosquita. Now I don't know about yep. you, but in my, I thought he played really well. I, I I thought Felipe might come in. I thought someone else yeah, might come in did, in that yeah. place, but no. Nico came in, wins the penalty, helps win the game. He, he brought in Davies. Obviously, that feels like a no brainer. But honestly, when that sub was being made, I was just like, please don't take off Brett, Brett, and and put Davies at left fullback. And at, and it looked like it because at one point Breck moved back to left back. Oh, he's playing left back. Then he moved forward to left wing, and then he moved back to left back. So yeah. he was he was keeping us on the so, edge too. There. So that when it first happened, I was like, sweet, Breck is going to left back, and Davies is free to yeah. run to run yeah. at this RSL defense. This is great. Yeah. So like. Those might be small things or whatever, but I think you, you gotta you have to be able to step outside of all the other stuff that's been happening and say I think the coaching yep. staff contributed well to the victory. And Absolutely. and the thing, you know, I, I I put them I put them in the five to nine or whatever four to eight category. And you know, I mean, and all that's to say, Zach, that like because we're having a lovely day doesn't mean climate change isn't happening. No, no, so, yeah, right. You know, it's like, you know what I mean? So and like, that's that's yeah. all I was saying. Put that, put that other, yeah. put the climate change yeah, yeah. to one side. Let's talk about this yeah. specific this specific game. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, um, uh, last question. We're going to go through. Uh, will the coaching staff be able to do anything this season to redeem themselves in your eyes? Thirty nine percent said have a, have to wait and see. So they're they're on the fence. Thirty two percent said yes. It's too early. So that's a significant amount right there. That's almost uh, uh, getting close to seventy percent, if not seventy percent. Actually, over seventy percent. Um, saying that either they have to wait and see or yes, it's too early. 25% know what's done is done. So 25% of the people that did this vote, and obviously this is not everybody. This is the people that voted in this thing. 25% are basically 
saying that it's done. And then um, they're still okay in my books is about 3%. So people, so three, about 3% really have nothing against them at all well, so far. Where would you be at, Chris? Um, I, I, I think if the, if, the, uh, if the coaching staff remain in position over the year and we win an MLS Cup, <laughs> I will skulk away with my tail between my legs. <laughs> so hang on, I don't want to misinterpret you. Are you saying it's an MLS <laughs> Cup or bust? I I think so. Yeah, I think we got to go to that level. I mean, I you know, I mean, I don't know that we can, but um, and I don't know that we can be coached with what we've got into that position. So uh, I mean, I for sure Voyager's Cup. God, we got to win that thing, but redeem themselves. Uh, that's it. You know, it's increasingly hard. Supporter Shield. Here's the thing. Like, I think we've got a squad that is the deepest and best squad we've had in the MLS era. And, you know, when, when the lineup came out, people were like, oh, my God, look at this. Line. I'm like, you know what? we got 23 guys. We can, we can put them in a bag and, and shake them out randomly, and we're going to have a decent lineup Any, anyway. Uh, so for me, it's, it's, we've reversed the three-game losing streak. That's good, right? I, we need to put a, together a couple more wins. We need to stay above that line, I think, in the top two uh, all the way along. I don't know. There's, like, lots of things they could probably do that would – the execution, but I, uh, I don't know. It's hard. My only concern about that, Chris, is that I agree. I agree. This squad is deeper than it's been ever been any time in the MLS era. The problem is we've said that every year, and that's kind of partly how MLS works. As the salary crap slowly increases, it's like every team I think feels that way. Like, hey, I think, we're, says, I think you said salary crap. Yeah, you said salary. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah that was I meant to say salary. Crap. That was a Freudian <laughs> slip, I guess, but. <laughs> Every year, you feel like your team gets better, and so you feel like you have – it's the whole parody yeah. thing. You feel like you have a, a better chance or you have a chance. But the thing is, I think when you look at – when you compare to the other teams, I think that they've gotten they've gotten even more better because of how they're – because of the TAM players are bringing in, the DPs they brought I in. I agree. And that, that's, where, that's where I don't feel as uh, – no. my expectations are not it, it, probably in the same place as you. My desires are in the same place as yours. Yeah. But my expectations yeah. are definitely yeah. not – because it is – for me, it is the kind of situation where, again, when, when, when Robbo uses that language of we need to be at our levels or, or above – like I think that's what he's saying. He's like, if our players yeah. who are, you know, they're on yeah. these different wages, if they play at their level or above, we should be okay. Yeah. We have a chance. If two or three or four don't, we're we're totally hooped. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll sign some Barcelona player that's going to retire this summer. Who knows? As a number ten. <laughs> um, what Iniesta? Oh, I don't know. On his, way, on his way to China. Oh, is he? Um. Um. So okay for uh going forward to next week. Obviously, Joe DZ and 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 the guys will have their preview podcast. You don't listen to it, do you? Why? <laughs> they give me credit for Joao Plata, not you. Oh, well, that's all right. that's okay. Um. But uh. So but the um. I don't think they listen to this show then. Obviously. Um. <laughs> oh, Joe was here. I know. Not paying attention clearly. Um. No, but uh. So um. So th- those guys will have the preview podcast, but your guys' quick thoughts on Minnesota. Obviously, you can go to sleep early on Friday because it's not a Friday. It's a, a Saturday matinee game. I think 12 it's 11 a.m. Oh, local 11 our time. So go to sleep early Friday. You don't have to worry about game Friday night. Get up early Saturday. Mm. What do you guys think? Yeah. Oh, do you think there's going to be lots of changes? Do you think uh, they, oh. they have a chance to get something from this? Like I, like, I know Minnesota's improved in the going forward. They've lost uh, Finley, though, right? Yeah, he's out in his injury. But in the back end, they're kind of uh, shaky there. So what do you guys think that they can do? But they brought in... Um, Quintero or something? Yeah. Quintero. Yeah. Quintero he, to, I mean, he, he helped lead them to victory again today. Yeah. Or yesterday. Yeah. 
he's a good he's a good player. I I mean I think Minnesota's beatable, um, and I think that's uh you know again we've been playing well on the road. Um, no, I think we've got to get a result against Minnesota. Those are the teams we've got to beat. You know, if you're if you're gonna if you want to be you got to be beating the teams that are organizing themselves similar to how you're organizing yourself. Hmm. I, I think I just hope it's not like last year. Last year it felt like, and I think that it's helped that Minnesota's gotten better because last year it felt like everyone, uh, uh, you know, all the, all the fans and all the supporters and even the media, and it, it seemed like it seeped into the players of like Minnesota's terrible. This is three points, and then they went out, scored a couple goals, and I think the, the players felt like, yeah, we got three points, and then yeah, two one goalkeeping error, maybe two goalkeeping errors, uh, poor defending, whatever, and it was a. Two points thrown thrown away, and yeah. I think I think the coaching staff looking at the schedule and looking at their you know the four years of having the best road record in the league. I think they look at this game and they're salivating like we can get three points in this. You know what, Zach? You bring up a good point actually, and it applies to the last match here against RSL, and that is that you know we had this pattern of playing playing to our opposition, playing down to them. Yeah. Um, and actually, I don't think we did that on Friday. Let's more credit where it's due. Yeah. Um, I don't think we played down to that team. We took advantage of them. We went to the jugular. I think that's the lesson they should be taking to Minnesota. And I think part of that, I think part of that was because of the three poor games before that and and what was happening in terms of the criticism during the week. So in one sense, yeah, you could say that the, the South Side expressing a perspective was pro- could could be viewed as, as helpful. And yeah, and, so. and obviously, yeah, a lot of criticism, a lot of friction and everything like that this week. But let's talk about some positives after the break. How about the Canadian Premier League uh, with some news? And we'll bring that to you right after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR FM radio. Obviously, we talked about before the break about the uh, Canadian Premier League. They basically launched the website. That's out. The logo is out. What are you guys' initial thoughts of what you saw? Well, it's just, I, I, I'm, I love it. I'm excited about it. Um, I think the, uh, you know, it, it, this sort of slow release is cool. There's like, there's been a little bit of news every week as they've come along and, and um, yeah, this feels like a real, a real step forward. You know, some of the supporters groups I stay in touch with across the country and places like Halifax and Hamilton and, and uh, Winnipeg, they're, they're really feeling it. Like they're just ready to go. I mean, Halifax got its, uh, uh, council approved the use of the Wanderers Park, which is a beautiful location for them. It's an I've been there. Just to let you know, it's it's a, it, we were going to talk about headlines, but we might as well talk it here. It is sixty five hundred seat stadium. It's a temporary stadium for yeah. until twenty nineteen because they want to just uh, they want to confirm that they're part of the league and everything like that. So they're not uh, committing yeah. to it fully, but they're going to host about eight events: rugby, uh, yeah. American football, and some soccer games. Yeah. Yeah, yes. they're ready to go in, in June, I think. They yeah, they are. Yeah. So 6,500 is a little bit small, but it's, it's but expandable. It's, it's expandable, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's pop, pop up. It's a pop-up stadium. Yeah. It's a, and it's a gorgeous spot. It's like overlooks the Citadel. It's like a good march distance away from a great yeah. set of pubs and stuff. And it's lovely. No, I just think it, I'm excited about it. No, I really like the uh, logo. Um, I, I was confused about it at a point because I was, I was thinking it was going to be red initially. Um, and then I saw like uh, green navy, uh, uh, sky navy, ocean red, blue as they complain. Uh, I mean, explain it. But I thought it was. I thought it was the way they explained it was pretty good. The only problem is, is how many people need, are going to read to find out what it means, yeah. right? But uh, the explanation about it being part of the land, 
the ocean and the sky and everything like that. I thought it was really well with the Northern Star in the middle of the Maple Leaf. I thought it was really good. Uh, yeah. It was well well, well, well done by, uh, uh, what did they call themselves? CBI? Or no, CSB. CSB. <laughs> I don't can't remember. With so many... Uh, Monikers. I uh, yeah. I, actually, I'm not a huge fan of the multicolored version. Yeah. I think I think it's fine. I think it's, yeah. I think it's okay. Well, they're going to have like, the red one for special games. Yeah, yeah. I I like the red one. A yeah, l- a I do too. Yeah, but um, for me, like I, I'm not a, the target audience for this. Like, because I. I'm excited about this league already. Like, I, yeah. I there's not uh, you're, lo- you're, logo, you're, logo is not going to not going to sell you. Not going to sway me yeah. or make me more excited or angry or whatever. Like, uh, I yeah. It just it, it's great to see them continuing to progress in terms of all the stuff that they're going to announce. So, yeah, they're expect expect more announcements in the in the weeks in the weeks ahead. Well, there's a there's a countdown on the website um for the first I think club announcement, I think it said, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was first club announcement and it's scheduled for the morning of May 10th. Right. Uh, unless my dates or my calculation was completely off, but Yeah, May 9th or 10th, yeah. May 9th or 10th, yeah. So, in addition to obviously everyone knows about Winnipeg and Hamilton, uh yeah, I think Chris you talking about Halifax, you expect to hear word from there and then obviously the, Ontario, the York the York 9 yeah. situation. And today they played uh FC Edmonton played uh Calgary. Yeah, Calgary. Al Clasico. Al Clasico, we, yeah. <laughs> we are uh speaking as a Swan Guardians member, Rovers is Jeez, the Foothill like Foothills is putting together. This is their PDL team, right? So we're going to be seeing these guys, Marco yep. Cardici and Cole. We're going to be seeing them at Swangard, and uh, they're Caps putting together a, C- a CPL squad. They're putting together a CPL squad. You know, yeah. Ledgerwood. They got Nick. Ledgerwood. He's he's a player coach, technically. Yeah. I think right, I, so they I, can I, pay him more. You got, yeah, you got Jackson Farmer, uh, former residency yeah. player, Jordan Haynes. Um, Mitch, Mitch Furrow was on, was on the bench, and there was a couple yeah. other players. I just I can't remember them, but it was a pretty and solid lineup. And they have, they oh, they had them. Sam's brother on there, Elijah. Yeah, Elijah. Elijah had a they hammered. Reason. They hammered four nil. Yeah. yeah, but I, I but, but that's not the yeah. But the, but the FC Edmonton that's kind of a that was kind of a, I think a put together team because the, yeah. all their regular players are gone yes. b- playing professional somewhere. But else. the win for them is the that this the Clark yeah. was like virtually packed. So yeah, I, yeah, I, friends, friends, I saw a pic- picture of Ben Massey there in the middle. Ben, bless him. Yeah. yeah, I have guys and friends in the stadium who were sending out pictures and videos of like how just how full it was, which was a great thing for yeah. what they're trying to what they're trying to do in Edmonton. Chris, a, a small question for you about the supporter side of things <clears throat> with the uh, with the Halifax. Mm. If the team is going to be called what's it called, the Wanderers, Halifax Wanderers, yeah. right? If they end up oh, yeah. go- if they yeah. end up going with that, my question for yeah. you is: now that is the name of the supporter group movement. So do you think the supporter group movement should change the name? Do you think it's okay if they keep the name and just add like SG to it or, you know, some they've other some other moniker to it? What, like, yeah. do, you, do you have a perspective on that? No, I think, A, a they've always had SG at the end of their name. Right. Wanderers SG. And, and B, I think that's a great uh, nod. Nod yeah. to the supporters. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Call you the Wanderers. I don't think, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think there's a need for them to be so in, independent in that sense. You know, there's there's a good relationship there between SEA and Halifax and the Wanderers, and uh, uh, I don't know what they'll end up calling the team, but I, I I don't know. There's been a bunch of names kicked around. I'm not sure if it, maybe it's Port City FC over for Halifax. No, but, no, um, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> it's, 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 their trademark is, I think their trademark now is, what is it? It's, it's H. HWFC, right? Yeah. Like that's the trademark that's, that's connected yeah. to them. Yeah. I don't know. Do you see do you see an issue with it? No, I don't, but I know some of those no. guys as well. And I've heard them talk about, oh, like yeah, we have to or we might have to alter our name. And I was kinda like, well, just keep it. Like oh. it's a 
I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I, I would consider. I'd, I'd advise them. To, I'd advise them to keep, keep it and call themselves the original Wanderers or something. You know? I mean, I think I just think they're. Uh, uh, yeah, they're I mean, obviously up to them, right? Up to them. But uh, but uh, I think it would be a real nod to how the supporters have driven that club, and it's just been the same in Hamilton. It's been the same in most of them. But Hamilton and Halifax have had some fantastic supporters groups come on. You know, a bunch of those guys in that supporters group. And I met with them last year. You know, they'd never even seen a professional soccer game, yeah. and they're they're out there trying to land a team for Halifax. So yeah, a lot of the, a lot of Hamilton guys go to TFC, but yeah, Halifax. Yeah, yeah it's Halifax. They haven't seen a game. They go. They occasionally go down to New England. Yeah, as long as the FO doesn't try to. Uh... Trademark the name and make them force them to change well, no, it. That's, that is, well, no, but that's the thing. Yeah. They've done it out of relationship. Yeah, for they sure. haven't just said, yeah. oh, we're going to take that. There's an actual relationship. Uh, hopefully, exactly. relationships don't change. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so uh, we talked about the CPL. Uh, let's go back to the MLS. Uh, we can no, review. No, no, we'll talk just, more CPL. Well, we'll talk about less people. MLS, more CPL, Steve. <laughs> it's the future, Steve. <laughs> it is the future, and I'm all for it. But let's talk about the present MLS. <laughs> Um, we'll talk about the West Coast games, even though I do want to bring up TFC because, boy, uh, oh, let's, let's talk about that, the Champions League, oh, uh, the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, wow, that was a miss. I don't know if it's, I, I, I don't know if it's still landed yet. I'm not sure. <laughs> the tweet I put out was, uh, uh, I found a gif of Roberto Baggio's 94 World Cup losing penalty, and I said something like, when Bradley was in Italy, he learned a few clean customs in <laughs> No, yeah, it was, it was, a, but the thing is, it was. I know Osorio missed it, and I, I know it probably didn't make a difference. But which, which miss was worse? I think the Bradley miss, just because uh, it's your best player, and they, and he, he missed in the MLS Cup final. Yeah, too. and but the thing is, <laughs> you got to give him credit though; they did win the game officially. Like, oh no, not not the t- the two leg tie, but they oh, won wait, the game. Wait, 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 you mean they won a game but lost the championship? Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's uh, salt in the wounds there. The uh, <laughs> the thing is, I know I saw all those memes and all those, you know, Chris Withers tweet about, you know, catching the ball. And as Greg, Greg Makos in Seattle from ECS. <laughs> was outside his door, you go, I caught the ball from Bradley. You know, he's like, I caught the ball. He's like, he's like, U.S. men's national team, what do I get if I give you back the ball? <laughs> but, but, but the thing about that, it, it wasn't. I've seen far worse yeah. skied penalties. Yeah, like if you look. For but me, the thing the, is, usually the, when this, uh, for some reason, when I see some worse penalties than that, it's usually the person slips or something. There was no slip. The he ultimate, just the it. ultimate is Sergio Ramos versus Bayern in the semifinals oh. of the Champions League oh, yeah. years ago. Oh. I do remember that one. Oh, good lord. <laughs> um. Okay. okay so the, and then they came back. They they drew with Chicago. I think in the penalty and in, in the death. Sorry. Um. Alan Gordon scored. It was a two-two draw. Um, they are like bottom of the MLS with five but, points, and they were lucky to get there, right? Because yeah. didn't Schweinsteiger get stopped on a penalty? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then he scored. Why yeah. was he taking a penalty? For yeah, Nikolic should have been taking. Nikolic should have been taking it for sure. And they mentioned that on the broadcast too. I, I may have witnessed Schweinsteiger miss a penalty in real life before oh. that. It was worse than that. In, you mean in person? In person? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Because some people, yeah, you're right. MLS, not very many people claim that's real life, anyways. <laughs> um, uh, uh, getting back to the West, Columbus two one. Um, Harrison Affle gets the first opener. Hosen ties it up. Grella gets the winner with six minutes to go. It's a it was a good result for the Caps, and obviously Columbus yeah. get, kind of gets back to where they were. They I know they they started off well. They kind of had a dip, and now they're kind of winning again. Um, and you guys see the highlights there? Yeah, it was it was a nice goal by Affle. Oh, it? it's brilliant! Cracker. Yeah, the 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 San Jose uh, defense just shut off. They kind of look like the Caps sometimes. <laughs> New England. Beats Kansas City. Yeah. 
No six goals though, just the one. <laughs> and that was a weird yeah, one too. Yeah, it was Teal Bunbury. It looked like he he thought it was offside, and then they went to VAR, and it actually turned out to be a goal. It, it was great yeah. for Western Conference teams. Yeah. Well, everyone in the Western Conference. Weird, uh, it was a very weird. That's gonna that'll be a good offside call to be studied by referees for years and years. It just took a took a tick off the the the. Uh, the player, it, he played. He played between his legs. Or yeah, something like that. And, it, and, it, yeah. and they said it came off the uh, uh, Kansas City player, I think. Yeah. And the, but it wasn't really clear and obvious, and that's the thing. Like, what is clear and obvious? That's what the next definition has to be, I guess, for MLS. You, you think? You think reason. it would be easier? Yeah. You think? Like, yeah. Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota two one over Houston. We talked about it earlier. Um, at least uh, uh, put them ahead. Houston ahead two one. But then a um, couple of quick goals were Ramirez and Quintero from the Qu- spot. Quintero from the spot, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the winner in the 70th minute um, from Ibsen. Was Loons, nice- they they kind of end their four-game um, losing streak, so it, good for them. It was too a nice, nice goal for Houston. Uh, looks like, uh, mm-hmm. what's his name, Kyoto is his hitting form. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, nice cross for that goal. He's, uh, I feel like he slipped through our fingers, honestly. Really well, if he was actually going to be coming here, we don't even know if that was the case. No, was I just, know. I, I mean, I just well, because he trained with us so much and he was around, you know, for quite a while. Honestly, I, I think that I think yeah. that's that's a, that's a spending thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, uh, but let's talk about just uh, at least. Can I just put in yeah, some yeah. props for him? What a great talent that guy is. Yeah, that is, man, love him. I mean, geez. Dangerous. Gonna, he's, a, he's a beast. Yeah, I think they they, they they call him the Panther or something like that. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Have you seen his Panther celebration? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then we got uh, the last game from yesterday. The Red Bulls uh, beat the Galaxy three two. There was one call, goal called back by the, for the Galaxy, but overall uh, it was um, a late penalty with six minutes left that 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 made the difference for the, the for the Red Bulls. Yeah, it was a kind of back and forth uh, a, a little bit there, but yeah, Dead Bull. It's kind of disappointing. The Dead Bull wins, and there's a good thing that comes from it. But it's good that uh, <laughs> good that LA dropped points. Zlatan made a pass uh, that was uh, led to a goal, which I don't think he often <laughs> often does. It's called an, I think that's called an assist. Yeah, I don't think he's. I think he had, uh, uh, picked up two assists today, if I'm not mistaken. Well, one, maybe, one was called, maybe one was called. Maybe well, one was called back one on the one. He should get an assist on that dummy. No, but that dummy was called back. Oh yeah, that's right. That was that one was called back. He he. Uh, it, it's interesting to see his impact on on uh, on their on their play, but ultimately, yeah, yeah the, the, an, another late penalty or late-ish penalty, you know, sees the points go to the east, which is good for if you're in the west. Right, exactly. We rocketed up the table because of the results this week. Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, but and another one that helped out was the Orlando two-one win. Another team I do never want to see win. <laughs> but it was good for the for, for the, the yeah. It was basically an, another late penalty in the seventy seventh minute that made, was the difference for Orlando. A kid, a kid, this last week showed showed up by youth group wearing a Orlando City Thieves t- uh, lion hat. And I was just like, what is that? And he's like, my parents were just in Florida, and I was like, oh. No. Oh, I I texted. Uh, yeah, I texted. I texted it to some to some friend, some friends from Curva. They're like, just had a good laugh. But, That's great. You got your numbers, Zach. Yeah, but uh, they won two one again. Another another latest penalty. And another result that helped out was New York City FC three one over Dallas. 
a couple of goals by Villa in the a penalty, and then he finished it off in the 69th minute. It was 1-1 after the 10th minute, two goals in their opening 10. But Villa, apparently, I think he's now got 400 goals for a club and country total. I think he, that, that, I saw that tweet. I'm not sure if that was 400 or another he's, number. He scored a lot of goals. Yeah, he scored a lot yeah. of goals. Yeah. And then the final yeah. one, another one that while it didn't totally help the Whitecaps, I'm sure a lot of Whitecaps fans are pleased with it. <laughs> it's a one nothing win by LAFC over Seattle. What a howler. And this Stephen was yeah. <laughs> this was again in the last at the death in the ninety third minute. Laurent Simon with yeah. a hammer of a free kick. So a former impact beats the sounder. A, a former <laughs> TFC keeper. No, oh yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, I forgot about that yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, that was he'll have nightmares about that. He'll be drawing Delta's air Tifo all about that, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, similar similar uh, similar blunders have led to. You remember Robert Green? Do you remember yes. Robert Green? Yeah, yes. I mean, just like where does he now? You know, I mean, honestly, Fry when he gives up bad goal. You remember that one at here against uh, when he was way out of the net? Who scored that? Gersh. Was Gersh. It? Yeah. yeah. Jeez, that I was not a blunder. That was not a blunder by Fry. That was a beautiful goal from Kofi. Well, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> but he was he was forty yards from where he should be, though. Yeah, still, it was uh, that was delightful. So, Chris, question for you about that. <laughs> question for you about that match. I haven't seen everything yeah. about that match. Uh, I mean, I've seen the highlights and whatever. And but um, did you see? The, did you see the post match celebration? No. Um, so in front of their supporters, uh, Laurent Simon with all the players around kind of leads a version of the, of the, uh, an LA version or LAFC version of the Marius and see, oh, yeah. so yeah. question, question for you. I don't know if you saw this. So they, they did that and went out on their social media, whatever. Uh, Don, Don, Don Garber tweeted out something about, about Minnesota had a post-match celebration. I think they were singing Wonderwall by Oasis or something. Yeah. yeah. And Don Garber tweeted it out. So I got a message from a friend who was just like, "Do you think?" Because I don't know if you, you'll know this, Chris, but the, the Whitecaps are very much they we want a post match celebration. I wonder if MLS told all their clubs you need to have a post match celebration. I, you know, I my, the, my, I think the Minnesota thing was I think Marius put them up to that actually. Really? Um, the wonder? Yeah, I think he was because he was there when they were. That was last season, and he was there when they were when they when that was going on, and I think he was goading them on. Uh, to like really get some stuff going, similar to what he did with us. Yeah. Um, I know. I know the caps. I mean, I know there was. I know the caps wanted to knit together something with the player celebrations afterwards, and they tried something in the first win against Montreal. And uh, the problem was that only certain people knew it was going on. Yeah. So like the south side emptied after the game because that's what I mean. A bunch of us stayed. But uh, the South Side kind of emptied out. And then we were cheering them on. They were all coming towards us, and we were singing for them. And and to have some of the capitals go, no, 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 be quiet. It's like, no, we don't want to be quiet. We want to sing for our boys here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think what they need to do, honestly, I think what they need to do is Kai's got to get on the mic yeah, and and just lead it. And then we'll know what's happening because that's probably the easiest way to do it. Yeah. I would like to do it, though. I would love to celebrate with the players after, after a win. And uh, I like that a lot. It's how it should be done. Yep. Well, enough of that uh, make-believe league, and uh, <laughs> we'll take a break, and we'll come back with more stuff, uh, maybe Wavelength. I'm not sure if we're going to do that or not. He's not here, so why do we, should we oh, do it? You, I'll give you a song. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back after the break. Talk, we can we talk about Grimsby, too. Oh, sure. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that We'll be after the break. Hi, guys. This is Felipe. Thanks for listening. AFTN. Uh, welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on the CITR Radio. 
Now we're got now. Honestly, this is not the favorite part of either one of ours. Uh, like it's Michael's favorite. I, I, I like it. So. Oh, so okay. So it's somebody's favorite. Well, not not. It's not yeah, your favorite, not but you favorite, like it. Not my yeah. favorite. I'm just saying, I like it. Yeah. Is this a song about Grimsby Town? I don't know. Is this one about Grimsby Town? <laughs> no, it's actually now. The thing is, Michael didn't give us any information about the song itself. All we know is the title and the name, and luckily Chris was there to tell us what which one was the name and which one was the group name, because <laughs> so I had no well, idea. I want to say it's it's uh, give us the name again, the title again, Chris. Is that the Roy of the Rovers rap? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, and it's by Vulture Culture, and it's supposed to tie in, if I'm correct, into the Panini is sticker Panini? album okay. month of songs on Wavelength. So uh, we'll play it if you like it. Great. If you don't, please come back. We're going to have headlines after that. <laughs> Soccer player, going into a legend in his own left boot. The greatest soccer player, there's no doubt. He can't score with his head from 40 yards out. Rock solid defense, no one can unlock it. Roy, let your left foot rock it. Bursting it off the upright Like James Bond, boy, shoots the grill Like 009, send a fourth on the ball at will No player can appear, nor best or Kelly Or better than Saints, or Grease on the telly Strong, daring, broad-chested, brave Blonde hair, combat back like a Mexican wave Great vision, skill to pull the trick Rage's dummy with an overhead kick. With the rovers in trouble, war dies into a lead cut double. At Wembley, so many times before, his name is written on the home team's door. Trophy cabinet is overflowing, but war just keeps on going. Jobson, Gracie, got a call from Bobby Robinson, with Lineker, a top strike force, twin golden boots, scoring goals, of course. Maradona, a Van Basin, not a prayer, Ruth Hood, will lose his hair. wins off Roy last four. Lift the trophy like Bobby Moore. World famous king of the ball. The greatest soccer player of them all.
So that was uh, Vulture Culture, Roy of the uh, Rogers Rap. Um, any critical commentary there, Chris, for you? Uh, it was all right. wasn't that great. There's been better wavelength segments. I concur. I think it was just the Panini thing, maybe that. Uh, but I didn't even hear anything about a Panini. Was he? It was the guy like trading stickers. I wasn't paying attention. Did he go get a sandwich? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's time for a dis- different segment. Hopefully, more information than we could got out of that song. Um, it's BC Soccer Headlines. BC Soccer head- Web Headlines. Sorry, headlines brought to you by BC Soccer Web, um, where you get all your information, news, classifieds, if you want to find out what team you want to play for or looking for a team. And you can check them all. They all have their links to the sites. So check them out. Now, this week, we have a couple of follow-ups. Wait, what's been catching your... Oh, you want to ask me? Okay, if you want to ask me What's that. been catching your fancy on the site this week, Steve? I don't know if he does I don't know what accent that was. But. I don't know either. Uh, but okay, so a couple of follow-ups. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, Infante, uh, the FIFA president, um, going for... Infantini? Infantini, is that it? Whatever. <laughs> But he's uh, trying to shake up uh, um, uh, FIFA with a, that $25 billion offer. Keep it down, Grimsy Town. Yeah. $25 billion offer for a couple of things in the Nations League that we talked about before. Right. And the Club World Cup. Now, the, the Nations League, that's there's not going to be much changes to that. So that's just being a takeover kind of thing from UEFA and from CONCACAF, who, was, who were in charge of it, looked like they were going to be in charge of it. What, but the Club World Cup is interesting. It would be in June. It would be in every four years, 21, uh, 2021, 2025, and so on. 24 teams into eight groups of three, 12 clubs from Europe, including the last four winners from the Champions League. So obviously 12 clubs from other parts of the world as well. What do you guys think of that? Is that just too much soccer at this point? Or or it, it can players handle that? Because that's a lot of wear and tear. And this is going to affect not only the... Uh, Europe leagues, it's going to affect uh, leagues from like uh, uh, CONCACAF who play on different schedules and everything. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I think it's it's part of the modern football of like, how, you got to find new revenue streams. You make They're making lots of money. They think they can make more. How could you do it? You know, and, and it's always about bigger and more teams. Look at this, yeah. this stupid 48-team World Cup. Yeah. This is, that's ridiculous. It, it makes yeah. no sense to go with groups of three. It's terrible for competition, for sure. But so this is that's what this is. In some ways, part of me, a little part of me, is a little bit excited. Yeah, what would that be like? But you, I don't know what, I don't know the how you is, weigh that with like what it'll do to the players who are involved. Yeah, in that and the thing is, right now nobody has eyes on that on those games because it's, it's four teams. Maybe this is a reason why because they it's not they, four teams, it's eight. Is it eight teams yeah. in the show? I thought it was four. I think it's eight, eight or six. Oh, whatever. Oh, I think maybe. It's yeah, whatever it is. But there's not enough teams and there's not enough big name teams. And I think that's where they're talking about the 12 yeah. teams from Europe because Ty- they want to. Typically, there's only two that yeah. people, a lot of, the, the, the majority of people tune in for two teams the yeah. South American champion, the Copa Libertadores holder, and the UEFA Champions League holder. Yeah. It's, I concur with Zach. I'm excited about the League of Nations stuff. And uh, I think that's really interesting. And, and it's going to get our, our ranking up. But, uh, you know, I think this is actually leading towards a Super League. Uh, without promotion and relegation, I think there, it definitely takes us in that trajectory. Like yeah. a European kind of Super League or like a World yeah, Super yeah. League? Yeah, I, yeah. probably European. The, the one thing I'll say too about the players is, uh, if, you know, having followed Bayern for, you know, a couple of decades, 
there's always a huge drop off when players come back from the Euro and the World Cup. Yeah. They're always because yeah. they get they get ex- extended leave, and so they don't join the team right away. And there's those players never start as well. And it's usually those are the years where where Bayern isn't yeah. at their best, and other teams you know take points from them. And and and, more, and there's more challenges for the titles, from my recollection. Yeah. Oh, okay. So n- next thing, uh, y- uh, your uh, Greek club uh, Panathinaikos. Panathinaikos. Pretty oh, close. Damn it, so close. Okay. Well, they've been handed- Chris only spelled it out for you phonetically. Oh, yeah. I, was, I didn't get that. I, I think it was sent to you only. Um, they got a one year ban for European club, uh, a European ban, because they're, the debt we talked about where yeah. t- the players were just getting December's pay. Um, but it's oh, if they qualify over the next three years kind of thing. So if they don't, right now I think they were sitting eighth. So obviously next year they're not going to qualify. But next time they qualify over the next three years, they will be uh, banned from that for that one year. In news locally, CONCACAF has canceled their women's U17 tournament in Nicaragua because yeah. extreme violence. It was one game played. I don't know if they're... Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get the chance to follow up on it, whether they're going to reschedule it to a different place. Well, they'll most likely probably bring it to America, I'm assuming. Cause you'd think. They, they, have, they have a little bit of time because the yeah. World Cup's not until like November. I think so, yeah. It's too, it's too bad because you know Canada won their first game and it was like the the thing got canceled the day. Maybe before they could keep this, the results still. I don't know. Yeah, just to make it easier, but they probably won't. A, a team. Uh, this is an interesting story. A team in England, uh, Gainsborough Trinity. I love the Trinity. Um, they went basically went 145. <laughs> their streak of 145 years without being relegated has ended. Now, of course, they've never been they've never been promoted. So, so they're they're hoping next year when they get promoted back, they'll be uh, they break that streak as well. They're basically going to be uh, going from the National League North, which is the sixth level in England, to the Northern Premier League, which is the seventh. And the only other times they've moved divisions is when the everything's been reorganized. Other than that, they've never been relegated. Up the Trinity. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. Our, yeah, it's amazing. Our friend uh, Jonathan um, Wall, sorry. Uh, <laughs> even with people I know, I can't go. Um, Fox, uh, the, he wrote an article about how Fox is only sending two of their six commentary teams to Russia. Now, all of their studio personnel, reporters, they'll all be in Russia, but most of these guys will be, um, uh, doing play by play from a screen, which is a lot of people doing everywhere nowadays, yeah. if, especially for soccer, for some reason. Um, I thought, all, is, the fo- I thought, I thought uh, all the Fox stations were run from Russia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you think they would get some kind of discount or something, right? I guess they're wrong, yeah. They're already there. That's where they're only sending two. <laughs> um, a little news uh, from uh, World Cup 2026. Um, there's going to be a second unplanned – there was a second unplanned visit from a FIFA delegation to, uh, to Morocco just to follow up on the other stuff that we talked about earlier. Um, it seems like a lot of people are thinking that this is really to undermine Morocco. And then there was a, a secretary general who was reported to the ethics committee uh, because it, her name is uh, Fatima Samora. Uh, she's related to Liverpool forward, a former Liverpool forward El Haji Diof, who is part of the uh, kind of ambassador to the Morocco bid. So it was unreported, and they and they feel like these kind of things they're they're really undermining the Morocco bid in order to secure the North uh, the North American bid from uh, Canada, U.S., and the Mexico. Oh man, like Chris, obviously we just hope like let's just have this like done without like corruption, like you know, like wouldn't it be nice? Yeah, it'd be lovely. That'd be awesome. 
what else do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, man. I don't think it's going to end, but at least things are getting reported, even if it's a stupid thing like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes you wonder what isn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chris, have you have you watched Planet Football? Have you watched the documentary? No, I haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. I think you'd enjoy sure. it. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. House of Representatives have given overwhelming support to the 2026 United bid, 392 to 3. Don't know who the other who three was. three? I don't know. That's fine. Was, I are. was looking up. It wasn't listed in the article who was it. Now, another guy <laughs> who has uh, uh, kind of is supporting uh, Donald Trump is kind of supporting the bid. I'm not sure if it's in a positive way. Uh, he tweeted out, and I'm going to read the tweet. The U.S. has put together a strong bid with Canada and Mexico for the 2026 World Cup. It would be a shame if countries that we always support were to lobby against the U.S. bid. Why should we be supporting these countries when they don't support us, including at the United Nations? So it's like, like I said, it's a supportive uh, tweet there, but I'm not sure if it's if it's that supportive. It, if it might be more harmful. Oh, oh man! And then people from El Hajdun actually. <laughs> Maybe he hacked or something. Maybe Russians hacked uh, Trump's uh, Twitter there. Um, FIFA did respond to the tweet. They said basically um, in a way that we shouldn't have governments uh, being uh, well, threatening. Of, or that's one of FIFA's big things. If yeah. government gets involved, oh. yeah, you get in trouble. What FIFA, basically what FIFA wants is governments to go away while they're doing the World Cup. That's the, that's the issue. So whatever. No, but it's, <laughs> it's, more, it's more than that. You can't have like uh, your government can't interfere with your, your F.A., and if they do, then you lose your your status with FIFA. So it's more it's more than just about the World Cup stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's been a number of countries who have not been able to play in different things because, like qualifying little qualifying tournaments, whatever. Because, like in Concacaf, for example, there's been some countries that have been able to participate in like the Caribbean Cups and whatever. Yeah. Because their governments have stepped in and while. done stuff to their FA, and until that got, I think Australia is having. We talked about Australia in the previous headline, so yeah. they're having major issues, and FIFA's had to step in and try to fix that as well. Yeah, and that's that's FIFA's way of doing things. We could have a long debate if that's right or wrong. Yeah. But. So that was headlines uh, brought to you by BC Soccer Web. Skip the whole Canada section. Oh, we talked about that during the oh, Canada yeah, right, section. Right. That we had a whole oh, the yeah, CPL. Yeah. Those are all CPL. Yeah. So um, again, let's again, talk more CPL. <laughs> that was headlines mm-hmm. brought to you by BC Soccer Web, where you could get all your headlines, um, information, and uh, classifieds with tweets with links. Chris, why don't you tell us about the shirt that you're wearing tonight? Oh, oh, Grimsby Town. Yeah, we have this uh, funny little relationship with Grimsby because when we tweeted out GTFC uh, back in 2015 uh, to stand for Get the Effing Cup for winning the Voyager's Cup, we won it, but then Grimsby Town FC started following everybody that was tweeting that out. And so we created this little relationship between a bunch of us in the South Side and Grimsby Town, and we kind of followed them through promotion out of the National League into League Two. And they have had a torrid season. Simeon Jackson plays for them, so there's a Canadian connection right there. Um, he's playing on loan with them this season, came in the middle of the season. They didn't win a game between December and April, I think, or they very few. There's been calls for the owner to to get out. He's uh, he's terrible for the club. Um, fired a coach, fired, uh, brought in a new guy, Jolly, to come in, and just secured uh, survival in League Two. So... It's uh, the, you know, we're sending crops out to our friends at Grimsby Town and up the Mariners and stay up the Mariners and they can continue to play in the football league. This is why, this is why I always double check my hashtags before I use them (laughs) because you never know where where you're going to get embroiled in and involved in. So Chris, man, next time just check your hashtag. I remember we had, we had, we had a couple of fun hashtags things that we do. Yeah. 
I'm just, I'm just actually came up with that hashtag, but you know, it's been beautiful. It's been a great relationship between that's kind of evolved over the years between a few of us. We had uh, Steve Cavanaugh was actually at at Wembley when Grimsby got got promotion. Yeah, I saw that. So it was, uh, it was amazing. So that's been fun. I say that totally in jest. Yeah, no, it's good. It's all about relationship, eh? For real. And that will bring the end of our relationship for this week. Uh, Episode 263 (laughs) is in the books. Um, Where can everybody find you guys at? For me, it's uh, on Twitter. It's at Zachary AM, and I'm part of the movement Curva Collective. For me, Sailor C86. I'm in the Pigeon Loft at Picking Casuals in the South Side, and I'll be at Swan Guard uh, with the Swan Guardians supporting Rovers again this summer. There's a big event this week, right? Yeah, we have the player launch. Uh, it's, you can, uh, it's actually public now. You can go on the Rovers website um, Mar- uh, May 3rd, so that's Thursday night. We're going to have both of our teams, men's and women's teams, Players will be there, um, lots of Parallel 49 beer, and and uh, come and meet the parents and supporters of a, the, the best little Canadian club in the country. Get out and support local football. Yeah, man. Um, All and, Canadian rosters. And you can find me at Whitecaps Beat on Twitter, and you can find um, Michael, who's somewhere embedded in, well, like we said, Oregon Coast. He's wearing his best lumberjack outfit. Yeah. Um, he can be found at, at AFTN Canada, and you can find our site at AFTN.ca. Um, where you'll find all the articles from Chris, um, Zach, I don't know if you write anymore or not, or like on occasion, yeah, okay, on occasion and all the other writers and everything like that. And obviously you can find the podcast there and, and stay tuned for the preview podcast, which will be probably maybe be up on Thursday, Thursday because it is a Saturday game. We give it, give him uh, Michael an extra day to edit and everything like that. So we can actually edit instead of just putting it up. <laughs> So that, that'll be it from us uh, today. Uh, thanks for Chris. Thanks to Zach for joining us. Um, thanks to everybody else for joining us. Um, so in the meantime and in between time, that's another episode of the AFTN podcast. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.